Amen. Well, good morning, church. Good to see you today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Numbers uh, chapter 12. That's in the Old Testament. And all those that are watching online, we want to welcome you as well. Good to have you today and good to see everyone. Numbers chapter 12. And we are continuing a year-long series on heroes of the faith. Men, women, throw in a few boys and girls in there. We're going to look at, in general, people in the Bible who we can take their attributes and their characteristics and we can follow and lead and, and learn from. And so today we're going to go, well, really part two. Today we're going to talk about Moses. Now, John last week did a great job on uh, highlighting some characteristics of Moses. And, you know, if you look at Moses' life, you could talk on Moses for a year alone. It's really impossible in two weeks to cover some of the characteristics of Moses. But we're going to look in, uh, in Numbers chapter 12 at a very interesting story that I think articulates his leadership ability. He led three to four million people out of Egypt into the promised land. Now think about that. I have four children and a wife, and that was extremely difficult leading them <laughs> through puberty. And I can't imagine the complexity of leading three million people through the desert. Now, I came across some things, and, and, and I don't really have the ability to verify whether this is true or not. There's some of you engineers that are here today, and you can uh, certainly... Uh, tackle this, and, and uh, but uh, some calculations on what it would take to lead three million people through uh, the desert. It would take four million pounds of food per day. You think your teenager eats a lot? <laughs> four million pounds—that's three freight trains filled with food a mile long every day. It would take eight million pounds of wood to cook. And to stay warm, it would take 11 million gallons of water every day. And they calculate, and I don't know how they did this, but it would take uh, 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 every night for them to camp and to set up camp, it would uh, take 750 square miles just to camp everybody. You think you have problems. <laughs> and if God did that for them, how much more can he take care of you? Things are going on in your life. The things that keep you up at night, the things you worry about. If, if God was able to provide that for the children of Israel, how much more can he take care of you? So your biggest concern, your biggest care today, if you look at it in light of the challenges that Moses had, it's a drop in the bucket, and this story in the Bible is an example for all of us to believe that if God can take care of them, then God can take care of you. Can I get an amen? amen. So we're going to look at Numbers chapter 12 just for a moment, and this is just one story out of an incredible life that Moses lived, and we're just going to look at how he responded. And, and so the, uh, the title of today's message is, What Would Moses Tell Us About the Power of Leading in Humility? The power of leading in humility. And let me just tell you just for a few moments. People that you lead, they're counting on you to lead with humility. 
whether you're a mom or you're a businessman or a businesswoman, you're a grandma, whatever you are, you're a leader. And I think one of the keys to living a successful life that honors God is to lead properly and to lead in humility. Our, our word is meekness, and meekness is absolute power under perfect control. Can I tell you something? You don't have to yell to lead effectively. You don't have to micromanage to lead effectively. You don't have to lead being a uh, being uh, power hungry and, and, and overbearing to be effective. I think one of the characteristics of Moses as he led three million people, think of the problems that he had to deal with every single hour. And yet he proved to us that you can be effective as a leader and still have a spirit of humility, still operate in a spirit of meekness. Meekness is absolute power under perfect control. You look at the life of Jesus. I mean, he got mad a few times, and it was usually at the religious people, usually at religion, usually mad at religious folks who were hypocrites, but he was absolute power under perfect control. And I think what God wants to see in all of our lives. Our grandkids need to see this. Our kids need to see this. Uh, the people in the community need to see that we can walk in a spirit of meekness, and that is absolute power under perfect control. I think God is expecting all of us to be under control, self-control, not out of control, not dominant, not trying to be a, a, a powerful figure, but to lead effectively in a spirit of meekness. So we're going to look at the story of Moses today and see how he responded uh, to uh, a, a, uh, a difficult situation. He led effectively, and I'm, I'm glad for that. If you're with me, uh, let me, let me hear an amen. amen. All right, let's go to uh, Numbers chapter 12, and we're going to do something. We're going to read an entire chapter. Now, for some of you, you really get excited because your goal is to read a chapter every single day, and we're going to read a chapter right now. It's only 14 verses, but we're going to read Numbers chapter 12, and we're going to look at this story uh, that, that illustrates a beautiful example for all of us to live a life of meekness. Look at, uh, really, chapter 11, the last verse, and I want you just to highlight this. And it says, the people traveled to Hazaroth and stayed there. Now, Underline that because that applies now to what begins to happen in uh, chapter 12. And I'll, and I'll get to that in just a few moments. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife. For he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord only spoken through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. I want you to underline that phrase. The Lord heard heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble or meek than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once, everyone say at once. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them came out and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and he stood at the entrance of the tent and summons Aaron and Miriam. When both of them stepped forward, he said to them, Listen to my words. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him. I speak to him in dreams, but this is not true of my special servant Moses. He is faithful in my house. 
When I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles, he sees the form of the Lord. Why were you then not afraid to speak against my, Moses, my, my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. When the cloud lifted above the tent, there stood Miriam, leprous like snow. Aaron turned toward her and saw that she had leprosy. And he said, Moses, please, my Lord, do not hold this, against, this sin against us, so we have foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from his mother's womb with his flesh half eaten. And Moses cried out to the Lord, Oh, God, please heal her. And the, and, the, and the Lord replied to Moses, If her father had spit in his face, would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days, and after that she can be brought back. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people could not move until she had been brought back. And after that, they left Hazaroth, and they encamped in the desert of Paran. Boy, that's a, that's, a, that's a soap opera in the making, isn't it? Jerry Springer would love this story. Here's the people, the children of Israel. And I want you to notice, I showed you at the beginning in, in chapter 11, the last verse. It says, and they came to Hazaroth and they stayed there. Now watch this. The goal God had for the children of Israel was to move them from Egypt to the promised land. And there were times in this journey that God had to teach them valuable lessons. And this is certainly a valuable lesson time that God had brought them to. He brought them to the, the city of Hazaroth. That word there, Hazaroth, means to be enclosed in a fence. They were stuck. God had brought them to a place where they could not move and they could not go any further until they dealt with what was going on in their hearts. They were, they were surrounded by a fence. They couldn't move. They couldn't go forward. And God orchestrated this so that things in their hearts would be revealed. And let me tell you this. God will bring you on your journey, wherever you're going to, wherever you're coming from, God will bring you to a place where you can no longer go forward until you deal with what's going on in your house. You're, 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 you're trapped. You are enclosed. They couldn't go forward. They couldn't move ahead until this issue had been resolved. They were in Hazaroth. They were enclosed by a fence. And there's some of you here today, you're trapped. You can't go forward. You can no longer move ahead until you deal with the things that are in your heart. And God brought them to this place called Hazaroth. And quickly it says that the issue arose, and the issue was rebellion. It was, it was Miriam and Aaron, and in chapter 12, the first verse says that Miriam and Aaron, they got on the internet and they started to gossip about Moses. They got on Facebook and they started to complain. They started to moan. They, they, were, they were upset because Moses had married a Cushite. He had married a black woman. And Miriam and Aaron didn't like it. 
And God didn't want them to move forward until this issue had been resolved. Thank you. He couldn't bring them to the promised land until rebellion and gossip and murmuring had been confronted and rooted out. So here they were, stuck in Hazaroth, surrounded by a fence, and Miriam and Aaron begin to complain. They begin to moan. They get on the phone, they get on the internet, and they just start to complain about Moses and the fact that he married a Cushite, a black woman, and they didn't like it. And I love the phrase here in Numbers chapter 11 that says this, and the Lord heard this. You know, I think we all need to be reminded on a weekly basis that everything that you think, everything that you say, God is aware of. And this is really not about a, a white man marrying a black woman. This has everything to do with what happens in our hearts and how we respond when we don't like things that take place. And the Lord heard this. He's like a, a mom that knows everything. Eyes in the back of his head. I'm amazed at Tammy's leadership. She, moms just have that ability to, 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 to hear everything and see everything. And God is just like that. In the middle of four million people being surrounded in Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron complained and moaned, and God heard what they were saying. And I think it's healthy for all of us to be reminded every once in a while that you can think it to yourself, but God still hears it. You can say it to a few people in, 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 in jest, and God still hear, hears it. You can, you can talk behind someone's back, and God hears it. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that one day, I don't understand this, but one day the Bible says we are all going to be held accountable for the, for the words we say. That scripture there means that for every careless word, we are going to be held accountable. That word there, careless, means lazy. You know what? I think all of us, sometimes we get lazy. We get lazy with our words. We get lazy and, and, and say things and, and, and think that those words don't have ramifications. We, we, we talk about our president. We talk about our governor. We talk about our pastor. We talk about our neighbor. We talk about, and we just get lazy thinking that we can just get away with that. And what I love about Numbers chapter 12, it reminds me every time I read it, and the Lord heard this. Be careful. Be wise. Hold your tongue because God hears everything and he's going to hold us accountable. That kind of scares me because I know I'm guilty of saying things. I'm guilty of thinking things. And I need to be reminded like you that God hears everything. And when he heard that Miriam and Aaron 
were complaining and moaning and groaning about Moses, God said, this people cannot go forward and they will be trapped as long as we allow this to happen. And so God did something that I, found fa- I find fascinating. He called what is called a tent of meeting. Somebody's butt was getting ready to be chewed. Every once in a while in your life, God is going to call a tent of meeting. And when you see that memo come across your email, it is not a good thing. A tent of meeting. That's where God comes down and he kicks some butt. And he came down in a matter of minutes to this tent of meeting and Miriam and Aaron, their hypocrisy, their gossip, their murmuring was exposed. And you know God's reaction to to their behavior? The Bible says he was angry. See, God doesn't like when we get lazy and we just spew things out of our mouth thinking that God never hears things. His response is, I'm calling you to a tent of meeting. I can remember my dad calling a few tent of meetings. (laughs) And it never ended well. I think it's healthy every once in a while for us to have a, a tent of meeting. God says, I can't let you go forward. I can't let you get lazy. I can't let you think that your little careless words that you speak about your leaders, that you can get away with this. And I want you to know, during this tent of meeting, I'm angry. And we're going to resolve this. And this thing is going to be settled because you will not be able to move forward until we get this rooted out of your heart. And God loves you. And God loves me. And God loves us. So much more that he's willing to keep us in that place of confinement until we resolve the rebellion in our heart. I think it's interesting. Miriam, her name means rebellion. Aaron, named after my son Aaron, is light bearer. I like that. When I think of Aaron, I think, of, I think he's a light bearer. Brings light into every situation. But watch this. When you take a light bearer and you combine that with a person of rebellion, the result will always be negative. And God says we're going to have a tent of meeting and we're we're going to resolve this spirit of rebellion. How many know that you can't move forward in your marriage You can't move forward in your job. You can't move forward in your neighborhood if there's a spirit of rebellion in place. And God says, we're going to stop things for a few moments, and we're not going to move forward until I address this issue in your heart. And it's a a spirit of rebellion. And God loved Miriam and Aaron enough to call the tent of meeting and bring them forward and confront this issue in their life. Well, let's look real quickly. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. Um, Let me give you a couple of points that I think Moses would tell us about how to lead in this very toxic situation. Number one, here it is. How you respond to difficulty defines who you are as a leader. This was a difficult situation for Moses. 
He had dealt with a lot of difficulty and trouble, but now he's got his two closest people talking about him. And I think Moses would tell us, if you're going to be an effective leader, if you're going to lead in a spirit of meekness and humility, when you are faced with difficulty, how do you respond? Your reaction to difficulty, your reaction to gossipers, your reaction to to people who don't agree with you will determine what kind of person you are. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, hardships often prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destiny. And Moses was being tested. And I'm sure in the back of his mind, he wanted to deal with this a little bit differently than God wanted to. I'm sure Moses was that type A personality that says, I've got my two closest people talking about me. I'll just take the matter into my own hands. But Moses was wise enough, watch this, to have power in complete control. And when Miriam and Aaron were talking about him, Moses was smart enough to realize that this season of difficulty was defining who he is and how he would lead. And in your life and in my life, difficulty defines who we are. And how we respond determines where we'll go. How many of you are here today and and, and you're going through a a difficult time? Let me see your hand. About three of you. What about in the balcony? Anybody awake in the balcony? Difficulty. How you respond determines your character. And what I love about Moses was he didn't get frazzled. He didn't get angry. He didn't get defensive. He didn't try to take the situation in his own hands. Why? Because he, would, he was, the Bible says he was a meek. He was the most humble person in the whole world. And he knew that he had to respond properly in this difficult situation because how he responded determined who he was. And I want to encourage you today. If you're going through hardship, if you're going through trouble, if you're going through pain, stay strong. Allow God to stand up and fight for you. React properly. React biblically. Don't take things in your own hands because how you respond to difficulty will determine where you go. Can I get an amen? Amen. So the first lesson on leadership that Moses would teach us is respond properly in difficult times. Number two, if you're still with me, let me hear an amen. amen. Moses would tell us that, I love this one, If you're going to lead in meekness and lead in a spirit of humility, you can fight to preserve your reputation or you can let God fight for you. Hmm. How many of you are guilty of uh, of taking matters in your own hands and fighting in your own strength and and, and dealing with it and taking someone out to the woodshed and just dealing? How many know that that, that that usually doesn't end up real well, does it? And Moses would tell us that. Watch this, church. If Moses were here today, he'd say, Pinecastle, you can try to fight in your own power and try to preserve your reputation, or you can let me fight for you. And church, I've got some really good news for you today. God wants to fight for you. Let him call the tent of meeting. Let him deal with it. And although Moses, I'm sure, had that type A personality, he was wise enough to realize that I'm not going to win this battle. I'm not going to win in this situation. So I'm going to allow God to stand up and fight for my behalf. And when God stands up and fights, he always wins. 
and you can try to fight, and you can try to debate, and you can try to show who's boss, and you can try to show them that you're the, 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 the power broker, and let me know how that works out for you. Or you can sit back like Moses and say, Moses, I want to, uh, God, I want to operate in a spirit of meekness. I want to operate in a spirit of humility. God, I'm going to let you fight for me because you can do a way better job than I can. And Moses would tell us today, quit trying to fight your own battles and let God fight for you. There's a, there's a, there's a great story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat got word that he was surrounded by his enemies. Watch this, church. He looked north, there was an enemy. He looked south, there was an enemy. He looked west, there was an enemy. He looked east, there was an enemy, and he was surrounded. And God said to Jehoshaphat, and by the way, Jehoshaphat, his name means God is my judge. God said to Jehoshaphat, you can either try to fight this battle for yourself or you can be quiet, be still, and in a spirit of worship begin to sing. And as you worship, I'm going to fight for you. And God gave him a song, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And they sang that song and they worshiped and they lifted their hands, they closed their eyes, they lifted their head, they began to worship, and as they worshiped, God went to battle for them. Here's your thought this morning, church. Are y'all with me this morning? I know it's the beginning of summer, and we're beginning to have a little, uh, we're all ready for a vacation, aren't we? But we can just press in here for the next couple minutes. As you worship, as you fix your passion on God, as you lift your head and begin to worship and cry out and sing a song of worship, God begins to fight for you. And the Bible doesn't say this, but I believe that as God was meeting in that tent of meeting with Miriam and Aaron, that Moses was worshiping. Moses was honoring God. Moses had his hands lifted and his eyes lifted up and his head lifted up and he was worshiping. Why? Because when you and I worship, God begins to fight on our behalf. And God wants to fight for you today. God wants to step into your situation. He wants to step into every area of your life and he wants to fight for you. And your commandment that we all need to listen to today is just be still and let God fight for you. And some of you don't like that. Because you like to fight, and you got that fighting spirit. And I'm praying today that God would remove that fighting spirit out of you and replace it with a spirit of meekness that you walk in powerful power under absolute control. God wants to fight for you today. Let him fight. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three, what would Moses tell us today about uh, Leading in a spirit of meekness, here it is. Humility is always the best policy. Look at verse 3. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone on the face of the earth. I love this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Humility. The Bible says in Colossians, watch this, that we are to clothe ourselves with what? Humility every single day. How many of you put clothes on every day? I'm hoping everyone raise your hand, please. 
we got enough drama going on right now. Look at we all need to put on our clothes every single day, right? Watch this. One of the things that Colossians tells us to put on every single day is put on a spirit of meekness. And guess what Moses put on every single day? He put on a, a, a robe of humility, a robe of meekness. When you put that thing on, it reminds you that God's in charge. It reminds you that you're not in charge. It reminds you that, 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 that you, you can't make all the decisions and you don't have control over every detail of your life. When you put on a, a spirit of humility, you recognize that God is in charge of every single detail. And your job and my job is to live in a spirit of meekness and humility. Humility is always the best policy. Number four. I love this one. Moses would tell us today that if we're going to lead effectively in the spirit of meekness, that when God fights, he wins and difficult people lose. How many believe that God wins? How many believe that God wins every time he fights? And Moses would tell us, let God fight for you. Moses would tell us, don't try to do this in your own power, and your own strength. Let me fight for you. Moses would tell us, God wins when we let him fight for us. And then number five, I love this one. Moses would tell us, you can't move forward until rebellion is exposed. Look at verse 15. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until she was brought back. You can't go forward until every area, every issue is dealt with. And thank God that he loved Marion enough to confront her. Marion, I love you too much to allow you to continue to live in rebellion. I allow you too much. I love you too much to allow you to continue to do this. We're going to have a tent of meeting, and your rebellion is going to be exposed. And guess what happened when the rebellion in Marion was exposed? And in Aaron, the Bible says that the people were able to move forward because God dealt with this rebellion at Hazaroth. How many of you want to move forward? How many of you want to go to the promised land? There's going to be a time where God's going to call a tent of meeting, and he's going to require that each of us operate in a spirit of humility and meekness so that we can move forward and accomplish all that God has for us. Can I get an amen? Stand up across the auditorium. Aaron, if you'll come up just for a moment. Thank God for Moses. Oh, by the way, Moses, his name means to pull out of water or to rescue. Isn't that interesting? Watch this. He was pulled out of the water, and for the rest of his life, he helped pull other people out of water and rescue them. Guess what? You can't rescue people if you're trying to do it in your own power. You can't pull people out if you're trying to do it all by yourself. You can't do that if God doesn't fight for you. The best way to live, and in order for us to move forward as a church and as a nation and as individuals, is to live like Moses. God, help me to be meek. God, help me to be humble. Help me to demonstrate 
absolute power under perfect control. God, let me fight. Let me allow you to fight for me and stop fighting for myself. If you're here today and you're fighting, guess what? You're going to get tired. You're going to get worn out. You're going to get fatigued. But the Bible says that God never slumbers. He never sleeps. He's always got enough strength and power to fight for you. I want to pray today that you'll be like Jehoshaphat. When you're surrounded by enemies, just begin to sing. Begin to worship. Take a few moments out and just lift your head up and just focus on him and worship. And as you worship, God fights. You stop worshiping? Could it be that God withdraws? Could it be that as you worship, you're demonstrating your humility? God, I can't fix this. God, I don't have the ability to, 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 to fight out of this. I can't do it. I'm going to focus on you. And as you worship, he fights. You stop worshiping? Our responsibility is to be like Jehoshaphat and worship. The Bible says he called a fast. The Bible said he prayed that they worshiped. And as they did that, God fought on their behalf. And God wants to do that for you today. Would you bow your hearts with me and let's pray together. Father, thank you that as believers we have the greatest power of all within us. The Spirit of God is in us. And we, God, we, we possess the greatest power known to man. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray you'll help us today to, 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 to learn from Moses. Help us to realize, God, that although we, we, we possess this power, it's got to be demonstrated in perfect control. God, there's people talking about us. There's people trying to bring us down. There's people trying to strategically figure out how they can unseat us. And, Lord, I just pray today that we'll learn like Moses and will operate in a spirit of meekness. Lord, your word says, blessed are the, are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God, I pray you'll help us to have the ability to inherit the earth through meekness and humility. Thank you for Moses. Thank you for his ability to lead through difficult situations. And God, help us today to operate in a spirit of meekness. God, fight for us today. God, stand up and fight. For those that are tired, for those that are weary, for those that are exhausted and fatigued, God, stand up, Lord. As we worship, God, begin to stand and fight for them today, I pray. We humble ourselves before you. Lord, we know that your word says that you, you oppose the proud, but you give grace to the meek. And so we stand today and we ask for a deposit of your meekness to be made in our lives, and we thank you for it. Fight for us today, God. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God, as you worship, begin to rise and fight on your behalf. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.